Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences as three Black women on this amazing journey of living our best life, trying to support each other as we figure out this ghetto world of adulting. I am joined by my amazing co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey honeys, I'm Nay, your virtual homegirl who thoughts on almost any and everything. Also, full-time parent, and sometimes you may hear my little one in the background of this podcast. Lo siento, I am sorry. To me, adulting is a game of whack-a-mole. Once you think you have one thing conquered, something else pops right up. Hey everyone, it's Sunny D. And to me, adulting is choosing to be your best self while that laundry piles up and the dogs chew on your good shoes. Yo, this is your girl, Nakai, and I'm your host of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I randomly burst out in song, Love Ice, and think adulting is a beautiful storm of I get to do what I want to do mixed with what the hell did I sign up for? Thanks for joining us. Now let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining, education, and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. Y'all, we are so excited about this episode because we got a treat for y'all. Hey guys, you know we do a either or every episode, so this week is no different. This week's either or. Either no makeup ever for the rest of your life or one hour long makeup routine daily for the rest of your life. Which poison are y'all choosing? I would choose no makeup for the rest of my life. I don't I don't mess with it no ways. Look, y'all, I'm gonna go with an hour. Look, I want my face beat. Like, if I really had the time to wear makeup every day, I would. The, look, let me just tell you this. And I'm, I'm sorry. I know, you know, but during, before the pandemic, before the pandemic, I wore makeup every day. I got up early. I, the only thing I didn't know how to do was my eyebrows, but that changed when I got my eyebrows microbladed, an investment. Okay. But it's the best investment I ever made in my life, but not, not stocks, no bonds, my eyebrows, but I will, I did my makeup every day, every day. But when the pandemic happened, I was doing my makeup and putting that mask on. I was like, I'm good makeup. So I would do an hour makeup. I just love that sleigh look like coming in as a boss, you know, ready to go. And so I would do it. Now who's doing it though? Is that, is it the, a makeup artist or is it me? Because it wouldn't matter. I'm still going to do the hour makeup. So that's just me. So <laughs> wait, Kimberly, because I'm not going to waste an hour of sleep trying to do makeup. I like sleep too much and that's a no for me and I don't wear makeup at all. Like to me, wearing makeup is like some eyeliner and some lipstick and or lip gloss that's colored. And I think I'm living my best life if I do that. Like I was like, oh, I'm prepared. <laughs> Me doing the whole entire hour, because that means like I'm going to have to like backtrack because I still got to take a shower. I still got to get dressed. Now I got to function, figure out an hour to do just makeup. And then I still got to drive to go where I'm going. No, it's a no for me, sis. But good either or. Makeup free is the way to be. Listen, I like naps. I like to sleep. Also, granted, I do like a good B face. I do that from time to time. And when I do it really well and I feel like not enough people have seen me, now I have excuses to go to Target. You know what I'm saying? Just so people can see what's happening. But then I have to take it off at night. And who wants to do that when I'm already falling asleep on the couch because I'm watching the Family Guy marathon? Like, I don't want to have to do all that. And then do the whole, like, no, thank you. So I will, gl- listen, eyebrows, microbladed, got them done. I'm good. All I need is some moisturizer and some sunscreen not going about my life. So there's that. So I too am like the majority of us on this here panel situation. I can't do an hour. Listen, listen, listen. I got trifling girl tendencies sometimes. I don't be wanting to shower at the end of the night all the time. So I can't take it off. But 
during the pandemic, I have become better at doing my own skincare. So I figure if I get that skin right and release some of this dark spots, hyperpigmentation, acne and everything else, it's going to look like I have a full face makeup on. And I still got to wash my face at the end of the night. So we still back at square one, but I'm doing better. <laughs> well, as y'all all know, um, we do a quote of every single episode. And so today's quote is, what beauty brings is huge. It brings great privilege, great power, and potential to do many, many things. If you're beautiful, doors open for you. People smile at you. You are accepted in places where others aren't. So the relationship that people have with beauty, in a sense, is almost deforming. And that's by Charlotte Rampling. What are y'all thoughts? So I think that's what has perpetuated me into the makeup thing. Because look, I had acne all throughout my life. I didn't stop having acne until maybe college. And I just, because I was so, just so insecure about my melanin, about everything. I, that's why I wore makeup. And also seeing my grandmother, my grandmother was a teacher for 27 years and she got up six o'clock in the morning. Her, she was at a school district, like 15 minutes away, but every morning, first of all, I love, I, I mean, she's still here, but I love her, but she had her full beaded makeup and she had her wigs. Now was a human hair. They probably weren't, but she had her wig. She had her makeup. And so I just saw that. I, that's what I grew up with seeing every day, every day. Now Lou Jan, which is my mother, completely different. She not. I looked at my grandmother. So every day she had that makeup. She had her makeup bag, but I think it's just the insecurity in me. And I, and I'm working through that. Like I said, I had acne all my life. And if I see a blemish, it's like, I need to cover it up because they're going to see, I, I feel ugly. Is that, and that's just how that is for me. Um, Yeah, I agree with Ashley. I feel like growing up, I never felt that I met that standard of beauty, but I could, you know, you recognize it when you see it, like, you know, the pretty people, um, the door is open. Everybody flocks to him. And so I always felt like I had an older sister and she had the full makeup routine and she was homecoming queen. And she was the one that everybody was just like, they put up on that pedestal. And I always felt like the ugly duckling. Like, and I just never, I never, I never developed that skill. I never developed fashion sense, you know, makeup sense. Like I just never had it and I never carried it into adulthood. And so you do carry those insecurities because you see like, you just see like I'm sitting over here in the corner corner like this little like what's wrong with me and you know people don't flock to me and it could just be because inside when you don't you know when you don't feel good inside that may be why but it's like society standard like it's all these things coming into play and you can't account for like you can see it you know when you have these pretty people and you don't feel like you fit that standard just by what this quote says as well as y'all answer it makes me not like the whole concept of beauty and pretty and attractiveness because of how much weight we place on it and it's so subjective like somebody can think somebody else is drop their gorgeous beautiful best they work in and then the other person could think they ugly and look like the bottom of somebody's shoes so I do agree that it is extremely powerful but I do feel like our generation and the generations to come need to kind of destruct and knock it off of that pedestal and reduce that power so I looked at this quote a little differently and maybe it's because beauty is subjective that I've 
my thought process on this was a, a tad different. So I think that this quote definitely holds some truth to it. On the surface, if we're talking physical beauty, like you lady said, you can see those people that benefit from those. Literal doors are open. Literal drinks are given for free. Like things just happen because these people are quote unquote attractive. But my first thought when I read this quote was, which sounds really cliche, but I think it holds some weight, is that inner beauty part, like the people that are beautiful on the inside, that are kind, that are compassionate, that are genuine and sincere, that has longevity. The physical beauty will fade. Let's be real. Some faster than others. Okay. Usually those people are not melanated, but I digress. Physical beauty will fade, right? That comes and goes and it changes as we get older, as we go through things or whatever. But people who are genuinely kind, people who are genuinely compassionate and good people, that holds weight. Like I will go above and beyond for those types of people. I want to be that type of person. I am that type of person to be kind and stuff because I know that that is really where like the value is. I mean, granted, this phase will last for a while. Let's be real. My jeans are great. Like being a beautiful person on the inside is really what opens those doors. It's really why people want to work with you. It's really why people want to be in relationships with you and want to be around you because you are a beautiful person on the inside. It also helps, you know, if other people think you're pretty and you can get the whole crew some drinks, but whatever. So I just love all y'all's interpretation of this quote. And for me, I think about it like with Ash, I think about how like you said, you saw your grandma get up and put the makeup on and everything. I experienced that too. Like I saw my grandma get up and do all that. And that's when I was like, hell fucking no, I'm not doing that. But it's interesting because my older sister, similar to Kimberly, my older sister does that. Like my older sister, we we will be late because she does not have long makeup to go down the street to the store and we're coming right back. And her thing is, and so it's like, to me, it's vanity. And I'm like, I'm not a vanity person. Like I'm gonna be cute with it. I'm gonna be cute without it. Either way it goes, you're gonna get me the way you're gonna get me depending on how I feel that day. If I feel like I'm gonna be in some sweats, hair pulled up in a wrap, that's what you're gonna get. Why do white people gotta catch strays in every episode? Can we have one episode that is not melanated friendly. Like, I am sorry, white people. Like, get K-beauty. I don't, I don't, I don't know. We do not apologize for being amazing, beautiful black people and the chosen people that God has given us this beautiful melanation that tells us that we don't, we don't age. We're just like a fine wine. We get better with time. So just because they get old and wrinkly like the grapes, that ain't our fault. We ain't got to tell them. They have mirrors. They see. We ain't got to point do it they? out. And so y'all, as y'all heard, we got some new voices today on our podcast today. And we are so excited. We already jumped in with the quote. So y'all already know, because we want you to get their opinions in. But I want to take some time for them to go ahead and introduce them. We have a mashup with the Bob Killer Podcast. Bob Killer Podcast. Bob, 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 Bob Killer Podcast. And I randomly bust out a song. So Ash, introduce yourself. Like, I feel like I need to go with the beat. Oh, Ash, introduce yourself. Hey, I- I'm Ash, hey, and I'm 39, hey, I'm Aries, hey, and I have a dog, hey, and his name's Leo, hey, hey, and a husband, uh, uh, name's Cedric, uh, uh, we just moved, hey, hey, trying to make it, hey, hey. that's all I got. <laughs> well, unlike Ashley, I, I ain't do it all that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kim, and oh, I just forgot, like, my mind just went blank. Uh, I am 37, so I'm not quite in the auntie stage like Ashley, you know, I'm gonna throw that shot. <laughs> 
I am a Scorpio. So that's why I'm always, you know, they call me the Sour Patch Kid. You know, it just it just depends when you catch me. I am rolling out in this world solo, dolo, single as a Pringle. And, um, you know, just out here trying to live my best life. And I'm trying to get on that rich auntie status. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I love it. And I'm here for the rich auntie status because that's where I'm trying to get to. And Kim, if you want to go out, we can go out together because we both single. We can go out and see what these streets got to offer us. So, yes. These streets don't have nothing for us. <laughs> nothing but heartache and uh, I can't say it bad. You know what? I want to say I've been trying. I'm not getting. OK, so Kim did tell me like the cost of living is expensive because I did try to get Kim to move up here with me. And she was like, hell no. I'm here for it. I like y'all. It's so with that, yes, y'all heard our new sisters on the podcast today, which is Ash and Kim with the Bob uh, Bob Killer Podcast. And so we're going to get into this episode today. And y'all, we are excited to talk about this because I feel like this is something that we go through as adults and even through our transition into adulting. Not everybody, some people, because some people don't even realize they got the pretty privilege. You just got it. You just born with it and you just benefit of it. I want to call this person out, but I'll let her call herself out later. Uh, <laughs> Nay. So Nay has pretty privilege and she's had it her whole entire life and didn't even realize she had it until we talked about it. Hashtag blessing. Um, so with that, I think this is something interesting of like, there's a random quote I found and it says, it's not often that we are willing to admit it or even talk about it, especially if we're on the receiving end of its benefits. Hashtag pretty privilege, right? Where my water gun emoji? So apparently I just got shot, shot, shot. Hey, like Rihanna, like blah, blah, blah. Tell him Rain is like on 10 right now because y'all know we do everything. We talk everything about adulting. We really want them to describe. How would you describe what adulting is? Ooh, adulting is you said we can cuss, right? Adulting is a bag of shit. <laughs> If I'm just being honest, like, you know, you when you grow up, you think, man, I can't wait till I'm, you know, grown so I can do this, this and that. And then it's just like life has a way of saying, nah, sis, that's not how it's about to go down. The biggest thing that I just realized is like, there's no blueprint appropriately. <laughs> um, there's no manual. There's no book. And you really got to keep your head on a swivel because if you go too far to the right or to the left, I mean, your whole shit could be shot before you even get started. And then you spend the rest of your adult life trying to to clean it up and there's no help for us regular people. There's no bailout. So it's a big, you know, a big bag of shit. Well, Kim kind of put it all together because I was going to say the same things like it's fucking hard. <laughs> like, like, and in my line of work, when I hear students like, oh, I'm ready to move out and all this stuff, I'd be like, y'all need to slow down. And I'm like, enjoy living rent free. Enjoy your mama paying your bills. You're having food, all of this stuff, because I'm like, it's really hard out there in these streets. Adulting, the only fun thing is that you get to have whoever you want coming in and out your house. And before my married days or relationship days, let's put it before that, I, you know, I was out there in these streets, but guess what? Nobody was helping me with these bills, but it's so hard. And I, it was a big reality check for me moving from Tyler, which was like a rural area. The cost of living was lower. And I'm about, I was like, I'm about to be up in these streets in Dallas 
And then come to find out the cost of living goes up too. So it was just like, I'm gonna have to budget for that. So I don't get to get all my wigs and all this stuff, all this extra, my Gucci, all of that. Cause I thought I was going to be making the money. And it was like, no, the cost of living goes up as well. So look, adulting sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. So with that being said, I'm hearing comments of adulting sucks, which I think is the collective. There maybe isn't a blueprint. So who introduced y'all to the concept of adulting? These bills. (laughs) These bills that just won't go away is what introduced me because like, you know, I was an adult and went to school, but at some point I was still, when when I graduated, I was still living at home and my dad, you know, protective was still bankrolling me but at some point I got cut off and I was like okay you cut me off okay well I'm gonna go get my apartment had this little job you know what I'm saying got my little degree and these bills just kept coming and they wouldn't go away and that little retail job wasn't covering them and that's when it it clicked like nah it it, you an adult now so yeah so for me I want to say that it was when I graduated and but from I graduated from college and so one of the things was that my mother always kind of tried to instill into me me was that you get your bachelor's, you get a job, you stay there till you retire. Like that's all, I mean, it has, it, I mean, even to this day, she's just like, you need to stay put. Cause and I, I've learned that I cannot have adulting conversations with her because her mentality is completely different from mine. And so my thing is like, I'm not, I'm not going to be staying in a job that I can't get paid or that I'm like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I make more money than my mom and I've only been in my job maybe nine months and she'd been in her job 27 years and but it's that instillment like you get your bachelor's you get a job you stay there you're loyal to them and I'm but I was like I'm not gonna do it so I'm not gonna lie when I graduated from college I cried because I didn't have a job and I had to move back in with her so all that independence was gone I had to tell her when was I coming home when was I <laughs> what I'm spending my money on what I had if I had to ask for money she was on what you doing with it who who is this guy coming at that like all these questions you know I never didn't like so when I finally got a job and found I was like okay so that's where that's when I started working in Tyler and I was like I can't do all these questions I don't need you knowing all my business and then that's when I moved into my first apartment like official apartment not college apartment because you know mama was still paying for that but anyway but that's when and then when I saw the bills and I said oh I don't mind being in my room I don't mind being in my own little room. I can go see people and then come back home. So, but that's when I really learned about adulting. And I, like I said, I'll tell any, any, anybody, anybody younger than me, enjoy this. Because when you start getting real bills, you're going to start thinking it and questioning and wondering why you made the choices you made. And I'm like, that's your fault. So that's that was when I learned a lot about adulting. And I just wanted to follow up with what Ashley said about her mom and the whole standing in one place. And I think some things with adulting is driven by, you know, like what generational, because certain generations, like I think our parents, her parents and my parents in the same generation. So what they knew when they grew up is what they tried to 
pass on to us, but we're we're in a different generation. And then as well as situational, because some people have to grow up quicker than others. Like some people, as soon as they 18, parents kick them out the house. Well, my parents were holding me in like a baby bird. Like I'm my wings is ready to sprout. And I'm like, let me go. So it really kind of depends on your generation and then your circumstances and um, you know, situations. Thank you. So as we know, man, adulting is like you said, a bag of shit. And dealing with these bills, we need to stay home as long as we can. And not only that, adulting is to me a ghetto shit that no one prepared us for, but maybe they did prepare us for, but we really didn't listen because we were hard-headed and we just wanted to do our own thing, bring who we wanted to bring in our home and what we wanted to do without having the consequences of our parents listening or knowing what we were doing. Sneaky people. I'm not judging. Anywho. So thank y'all for letting us know y'all adulting journeys and getting into it. I really want to know, because we were talking about pretty pretty privilege earlier, just exactly what that means. But we have what we call a resident researcher and a resident dictionary on our podcast. So I'm going to let her (laughs) go ahead and do some definitions of what we mean when we talk about pretty privilege. All right, guys. So you know the way I do it is we have the nay definition and we have the good Oxford Language Dictionary. Sometimes they overlap, sometimes eh, not so much. So with privilege, in my opinion, privilege is the perk slash benefits received due to some quality or characteristic someone else deems valuable. That sounds real smart, don't it? I know it does. Oxford said it's a special right, advantage, or immunity granted or available only to a particular person or group. There you go. Pretty, in my view, is perceived as having desirable physical features, i.e. that person look good. Oxford says it is attractive in a delicate way without being truly beautiful or handsome. See, Oxford gets shady too, because that is some shade, okay? It said without being truly beautiful or handsome, petty. And then beauty is the arena where physical attractiveness is determined, or Oxford's definition is a combination of qualities such as shape, color, or form that pleases the aesthetic senses, especially the sight. There you have it. So (laughs) with that, ladies, in one word, y'all got to think about these. How would you describe pretty privilege in one word? Given our definition, but in your word, how would you describe pretty privilege? I know some people might not agree with it, but I would see it as unauthentic. And let me tell you why. Because we're, we're always trying to get to that standard of beauty and not the standard that's true. And because there's always somebody always have a standard of what beauty is. And we don't use our the standard of ourselves as the mold or the outline or the blueprint of it. It's because I feel like, and that's just me because I've always have been trying to get to society's beauty standard or beauty definition. Like, you know, even going into like, you know, I'm wearing the long hair. You know, it took me a long time. Well, first of all, I just don't want to do my hair. Let's just put that out there. I have beautiful hair. I just didn't want to do. I've been doing it for a month now. And Sasha. But anyway, it took me a long time just to wear my natural hair. I was natural for almost 10 years, but I was wearing it straight. I was getting flat ironed every like every two weeks. I was getting flat ironed because the beauty standard was that when you're in a workplace, you're supposed to have straight hair. I couldn't wear it until finally I was like, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to do it. I was in a I was in um, I started working for a uh, university 
And that's when I embraced my natural curls. And so, because I was like, I saw all this other women, Black women. And mind you, my previous jobs, I had all with Black women, they all had straight. Like they were not, they were perp, they were doing the perms, they were doing the flat irons. And so I kept my hair straight and flat iron until I got to the university. And that's when it, and it's like, I'm always trying to achieve the beauty standards. Um, my one word for uh, pretty privilege would be hashtag winning. <laughs> Unlike Ashley, you know, I don't think that it's inherently good or bad. It just is what it is. Um, privilege is just that what people assign to you is more, I look at it more so how you use it. If you got it, want it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you can't help how you're born. You know, if I had a body like Meg the Stallion, I'm going to be out in these streets. Like, it just is what it is. You know, I just look at it as long as you're not on no mean girl type shit. You know what I'm saying? But if you're pretty and you can use it to, you know, make things happen for yourself, as long as you have a little bit more behind it than just your face like I don't see anything wrong with it um it's just the same thing as when we talk about white privilege like I mean a person can't help that they're born white but if you're white you know how do you use it are you an advocate or are you just in here with you know the the, the slaveholders or the you know the 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 clan or whatever we want to call them you know in today's world so I don't think that it's good or bad you know if you've got the looks hey why you got them run them because this world ain't gonna give you nothing and we all out here trying to make it it's just like you said don't let it eat you up don't get fall into okay I gotta keep these looks I gotta have a beat face every day I gotta get out in this because it's okay sis like it's okay to go out in this world you're if you're pretty you're pretty you know what I'm saying and it's okay to just walk out here in your sweats and throw your hair back and have it all on your head like people ain't even looking at you that hard you know what I'm saying but it's okay you know so I don't think it's good or bad it's just the value that we assign to it and then how we use it so I agree with that I would say my one word is access. And so just like you said, Megan Thee Stallion, because baby, let me tell you, if I was a little thick and had knees like Megan, mm, somebody be on somebody. Anyway, so I think it's access. And I say access because, and I'll keep this short and sweet. I even remember Nay and I worked a last job together. And I think we talked about this before is that our hiring manager or our hiring person, when they did interviews, she literally told me that, um, she told me that when she hires people, she hires people based on if they're attractive because, which is illegal. Yes. However, she said that because she was saying, because the work that we did, we were going into homes. We were having to be very persuasive. It's easier to listen to somebody and get information from somebody if they're attractive than if they are like looking like who shot John. You're like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. No, nah, you're going on somewhere. Going to the back of the bus. Yeah, I've had similar experiences with something like that. My one word would be beneficial because if you understand what that privilege is and you understand how to use it, it could personally be beneficial or it can be beneficial for the masses. You know, if you're able to use whatever platform you have to help those that maybe don't receive that type of benefit or the benefits of that pretty privilege, I feel like it definitely is something that can be beneficial depending upon how you use it. And I specifically remember when we were talking about makeup earlier, this came back to my memory that I had a job at a jewelry store when I was in college. And again, I've never really been one to wear makeup. I have a ton of it. I have a duffel bag full of makeup. Don't ever wear it because I like naps and I don't want to have to take the mess off at the end of the day. But I like the idea of makeup. But I remember I like I wouldn't wear makeup to work. And my manager was like, girl, you need to do something to your face. I was like, my face is fine. Why? I'm cute. This is an older white man, mind you. And I was like, 
like, have you seen me? I'm adorable. What are you talking about? With that said though, I did take into account because I was in a customer facing position, one where we're selling thousands of dollars worth of jewelry. People buy what they see first and what they are seeing is not the jewelry. They see me before they see these diamonds. So being able to be quote unquote presentable and attractive enough where people feel comfortable to talk with you or to let your guard down and actually be able to make a sale. Like it's a sales tactic, right? And I understood that from the retail point of view, but I also understood how fucked up that was at the same time. I think Sunny D, what you're hitting on is why the age old adage is true. Sex sales in the cousin of sex, it's pretty in attractiveness. And that's interesting, Sunny D, that you said that because, okay, so I watched the series. Um, it was Lovecraft Country on HBO, which was amazing. And it talked about like they only wanted to have one Black person on staff. And it, and they didn't hire the beautiful, full-figure Black woman on there. And it's because it's, but it's all about, I, this is me. I, I feel like it's all about the standard. It's all about, you need to have a, like a small waist, small booty, small boobs. And because it's the standard of the carcassity. That's it. <laughs> And because that's the standard, that is the standard. And you need to be this type of model. You need to have all this, but majority of us melanin people do not have that. And that's what gets me is because like, like you said, with even the retail is like, I'm buying these diamonds, but because I don't look a certain way, I'm not representative of these million dollar or thousand dollar, you know, diamonds. I'm just trying to sell you some, some, some rings. Like, 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 does it matter? But it does. And that's what society, and I'm just going to put it out there. The white society has put on to us, period. And I'm going to just see, and let's even go even deeper, having straight hair. If we want to match up to society, we have to have straight hair. And mind you, back in the day, we used to have our hair covered up. So I'm just like, which one is it? Do you want us to be covered up? But then that's also goes into play of you didn't want us to have have our hair out because you knew your husband would like us, but that's it. I, I slightly agree, but then I slightly disagree a bit. I do agree with Sunny D when your point about how we specifically try to make or put out what we think is attractive to attract people. But my question is, is it because that is somewhat of a, a biological thing that we're attracted to pretty things, like whatever the standard is, because you talk about like what Ashley was getting on about, you know, a certain physical thing that is put out there. But even let's say we just lived in a black society, right? There's still going to be people that are considered more prettier than others. So they're still going to be pretty privileged. It's just whatever the standard is that we put on it. You know what I'm saying? So I think we're kind of getting it into two different areas. Like you have your European standard of beauty, but even if we were over in Africa or wherever we all originate from, you know, I don't, you know, that's a whole nother bag. There's still going to be, you know, a pedestal, but it's like, I don't knock people for being attracted to what we deem is pretty because I mean, I'm guilty of it. Like I am attracted to shiny things, you know, when you see the fine man on, you know, selling the CK, you know, with my bae, Michael B. Jordan has got his Calvin Klein, you know, boxers on. I'm attracted to that. I'm not so much attracted to maybe somebody else. And I don't think that that is wrong or right. It's just what is. But again, it's like, how do we use it and how much weight we put on it? Because if I'm a business person and I'm trying to sell my diamonds, I mean, it's a business thing. So if I know I can get them sold with Michael B. Jordan, that's 
what I'm going to do because I'm going to make that dollar. So I, I think it's just a lot at play. So I'm curious to know, because you guys have very specific thoughts on pretty privilege and how it works and how you've seen it work. When were you introduced to the notion of pretty privilege? Like when did you recognize that that was a thing that existed? So I don't, I don't know if y'all know Kim and I's background. So Kim and I are, we have been friends, what, nine years, maybe. So Kim was my ex's best friend. (laughs) That's all I can say. And so, and everybody's like, well, what? Yes. So me and Kim are now friends. And I actually put Kim up in the best friend mode because she keeps me grounded. But anyway, so, but one of the big things that happened when Kim and I's relationship was that when I was with my ex, I was very jealous of Kim. And I've told her that. Um, she knows that. And and one of the things was because she was light-skinned. She had pretty hair. She was smart. And so I was so jealous of Kim. But I had to keep that relationship with my ex going. Because I was like, I don't want to ruin that relationship. Because I was like, she, she in there, she, you know. And so that was one of the times that I really realized that because I, again, I was still insecure. I was very insecure about myself. I was dark skinned. I, you know, I was a bigger girl. And with Kim, I was like, oh my gosh, she's smart. She has light skin. She has beautiful hair, curly hair. And I was always jealous of Kim. Like, and one of the biggest arguments that I had with my ex was about Kim. It's like, you gonna be with her. You gonna try to be with her. Like you, you know, and so, and that was like, but again, that was my insecurities. But also, I have always been brought up that the lighter skinned people had more privilege than I did. And that even goes into my family. So there's a lot of deep rooted secrets that, you know, since all of us are going to college and we know how to do biology, (laughs) that we're learning that, you know, somebody down the road had some, some whiteness in them. And because they have the beautiful hair, they have the, the light skin. And my mother, she's a dark, she's dark skinned. And so she had always been the outcast and she had always been the one that like had to do the manual labor while her siblings got to roll down on easy street. And so I kind of have put that onto Kim, not now, but I did when I was dating my ex. And so, cause I was the darker skin of the family, like of the cousins. And so that's when I really learned about pretty privilege because my other aunts and uncles, they got to ride through life while my mother who went to college did all these things is still was demoted to a maid and a mammy. So that's something that kind of has affected my, my idea of pretty privilege. I like that because you were able to bring in this notion that, um, and Kim said something about it earlier, the paper, the brown paper bag method, right? If you are lighter than a brown paper bag, oh, you pretty. And if you're darker than a brown paper bag, you're you're deemed as unattractive. But I also think about it as, and I'm going to say this, and Ash, Ash you're going to come for me and it's okay. Bitch, you ain't dark. <laughs> this from and I'm looking at looking at you like I've seen you in person where do you even feel that you are dark skinned but anyway I go back to my original thoughts 
It's true. And I even think of like um, looking at it as like pretty privileged. And all of us are totally five different women, totally five different shades, totally five different hairstyles, hair textures, everything, right? From long to Sasha, who's 22, like all of us are all different, but we all have, and if I'm being honest, <laughs> we all have pretty privilege on here. Like audience, just to let y'all know, these are five beautiful, gorgeous black queens that I'm talking to. And looking at them is like, when you walk across the street, you you will be turning your head because you're like, oh damn, she's cute. Oh, dang, she's, she's cute too. And so thinking about that, and we're looking at like just in general of this pretty privilege and not just work, not just thinking about work or anything like that, like in your personal life, how has this affected you? Well, first, I just wanted to follow up with Ashley, what she said about, you know, because I think the question was, you know, when did you recognize pretty privilege? And I think it's so funny that Ashley said when we became friends, because our her ex, me and him were friends since like grade school, right? And while she was insecure, of I guess because of her things and what she thought me and him had going on I was also deeply insecure and she's looking at me like oh you light skin you got this pretty curly hair but I'm in high school and I'm like I don't have any friends I don't have the boyfriends and going into college was when I met Ashley like I didn't have none of that and so I'm insecure in my own things and I'm not walking around like thinking oh I'm the shit you know and that's when I realized pretty you know in my mind pretty privileged like because I see all of the girls getting all of the guys and getting all of the getting to go and do and I'm sitting here clinging to my one friend and he's got this girl over here shooting daggers at me, looking at me like, bitch, like what you want my man kind of stuff. So I just find that funny, but how it has affected me, you know, just in my everyday life and career, like I severely lack confidence because again, like I've never felt like that girl. So when I go into my everyday life, like I'm really not a person, like I have to get comfortable in it and, and work. Sometimes I feel like I have missed opportunities because I don't feel comfortable just like stepping out there because in my mind I'm like oh they're gonna be looking at this they're gonna be looking at that and while I should be focused on the task at hand like hey let's get proposal let's get this or that you know whatever it is I'm focused on oh they're gonna be looking at me like oh she look like this or she look like that or why she you know just stupid stuff and same thing in everyday life where maybe I could have had more friends or I could have you know shot my shot at the guy that I saw I'm so like mm, you know he's not gonna you know he's not gonna be feeling that or oh I don't want to take that trip because I'm not comfortable in you know putting myself together and beating my face and you know I'm more of a tomboy kind of girl like jeans and a t-shirt oh but all the other women gonna judge me because I don't know how to put myself together to go to this event so you know what I'll just stay home because I'm not gonna feel pretty and if I don't feel pretty I'm not gonna be comfortable and it's just gonna be a waste of the night so it's just when you think about all of that it really does affect some people because it's society pushing it on you but then it's coming out of you from inward and it's just like you in this ball of a you just in this you know crap ball of like I can't even function in society because I don't know if I'm coming or going because I don't feel it myself and I don't feel like society looks at me like, you know, I'm meeting that standard. So I hope that kind of answers your question. Ladies, from what y'all said, it just popped into like this question just popped into my head and y'all can tell me if I'm left field, right on the money, whatever. But it's pretty privilege a term we use as a weapon because it's a mirror of our areas of insecurity. I agree. I really feel like it really a lot of it comes in how you feel about yourself and you're reflecting it outward. Kind of like somebody made at the beginning of the show, like if you have a beautiful spirit, people catch it. And whether you're really that pretty or not, people respond to it. But some of us feel so ugly inside, it may reflect in our actions. Or we may not even act ugly, but we just in a shell. And so people are looking at it like, oh, she just looks like she don't want to be bothered when it's really
really like you're screaming, please bother me, please see me. But because you're not projecting that, you get rejected and then you feel like, oh, well, I'm not cute, you know? So it's a lot of what we feel inside that then people respond to, or at least, you know, kind of how I think. I like how you said that of like, sometimes you're screaming, please see me, please see me. When at times it's like the inside, if it like, it's like, if you could only see how amazing I am and I really am. And I think about this notion that I spoke with one, uh, one of my other friends and we were talking about how like, she's a bad bitch. Like this girl is spoiling. Like, I mean, like gorgeous from inside and out. Got a body on her and don't even realize she got a body, right? <laughs> and so when we were talking one day and she was talking, long story short, she was trying to talk to this guy or whatever. And I was like, go, like you're gorgeous. And for her, it was going through the same thing. Her insecurity of like, well, I'm not a Megan Thee Stallion or I'm not this and I'm not this, I'm not this. And I'm like, but sis, do you see yourself? Like I'm outside looking at you telling you like any dude will be lucky to have you on his arm even if we're not even thinking of like internal just to have you as a trophy like you are a bad bitch but it's also like how we have to really mentally think about how do you see yourself when you look in the mirror do you look and say like I think Nay or Sunny D sent me this song like hey I'm a bad bitch or something or something or something something I don't know but I listened to that this morning <laughs> so but how are you speaking to yourself but then it goes back if we go deeper what are those seeds that were planted in you when you were little of oh are you you're pretty for a dark girl or you're only gorgeous because you have pretty hair or ah your sister is gorgeous because she's really small but mm, you you a little big like what were those seeds that were planted that have now grown and now have deep roots that we have to really figure out how to like extract them from our basically our brain but it's hard because now they're all like entangled into all of our DNA now. This we call them weeds. So, okay. So I'm just thinking about everything, what everybody has said. And like for me, and I'm just, I'm going off of for me. And like I said, some of the stuff me and Kim have talked about, because like one of the things that I did to make myself more prettier was I got the gastric um, sleep. I got the gastric sleep and it was great. You know, I was, I was fine. But look, I didn't deal with the underlying issue. Why was I using food for comfort? Because I'm going to tell you, it was easy access. It was easier to obtain. Nobody regulated that. All of those things. And because I thought that I needed to be pretty, I need to have a small waist. Look, I got my waist trainers. Look, I have told people that the weight that I was when I was in college, it was great. And I thought I was fat then because I had heard it so much that I was fat. And I was a good weight when I was young. You know, I I remember just the fact of, you know, I, I did get the the meanness or the bulliness because of my color of the skin. And y'all brought that up. It's like, actually, you're not even dark. But people bullied me. And I'm going to tell you this. It wasn't these people. It wasn't these. It was other Black people that bullied me because of my skin color. And I wasn't even dark. But I didn't know that. I didn't know because I'm just hearing what kids told me. Oh, you too black. You dark as night. And I'm like, I'm thinking I'm dark as night. And one of the things is like, because like I said, I still deal with acne. It's not, it used to be so bad when I was in grade school, but, and I have told people this is that like, when I have a blemish 
I shield or I shy away because I feel like you, the only thing that they can see is my pimple or my blemish. And that's why I'm more of like, okay, I need to put on makeup to cover up those, those imperfections. And so that's where it is for me. And, but no one has ever taught me anything different. And that's why you go to counseling because you have to talk through those things because no one has taught me any different. I need to have perfect skin. I need to have perfect, um, you know, perfect hair. I need to have perfect hair. I need to have all those things. And I feel like I don't have them. Like I'm still, and it's gotten better because I am a, a um, what's those people, a plus size model. Look, I just need somebody to pick me up. You hear me? I have embraced my size. Like I have embraced wearing my belly out. Like some people like, look, I'm, I'm doing it because I feel great. And when, uh, so my birthday was last week, but I wore a two-piece, not a two-piece bathing suit. It was just a two-piece dress. And when my cousin who went out to eat with me and she said, Ashley, you look amazing. And you know what? I told her, I was like, I'm gonna start doing this more because I was so afraid because of society standards that us bigger women need to be covered up fully. And I loved it and I embraced it. And I'm doing more of it because I done bought two or three more outfits. But look, they gonna get all of it. You hear me? But look, I'm 39 years old. I'm probably the oldest one out of the whole bunch. But it took me so long to get to this point of just saying, Ashley, you're beautiful, period, period. But I also want to say it was that older generation was like, because you're a bigger girl, you need to cover up. And now I say to the older generation, fuck you. Okay. I agree with that. To any and everybody who don't agree with what I look like or anybody on this platform looks like, hell, anybody that's walking past you look like, fuck you, fuck your mama, and don't nobody give a fuck about you. <laughs> because at the end of the day, like, I am who I am. You are who you are. If you don't feel comfortable with wearing what you want to wear, that's a you problem. If I feel comfortable wearing any, if I feel comfortable walking in these booty shorts that I got and I'm going to the store, that's what I want to wear. And if you decide that you got a problem with it, that's not a me problem. That's a you problem. You need to deal with that on your own and on yourself. Um, But I did want to loop back to something about therapy and specifically black colorism, because we live in this world where it really is true of like the lighter you are, the better you are, the smarter you are. And the hair and everything is like... The hair and everything has a, uh, it I, it defines you. It's interesting to me because yes, that may, society says this is who you are, but I've met some light-skinned, long hair or quote unquote, what they call good hair people. And they are the ugliest people to me. And I mean, they could have great hearts, but you're physical, you're ugly. And I think about how beauty is truly in the eye of the beholder. It really is. Because some of these girls out here, the only reason why you get chose is because of the color of your skin when you literally look like dirt like you are not cute and I'm not coming for y'all I'm just hoping y'all actually see like the reality of this situation but it goes back to if you have that privilege of just being light-skinned use it to your fullest I'm not hating use your privilege to get what you want to do what you need to do in this life like do it but at the same time understand that we're all different and God made us all different for a reason he did not 
cookie cutter, all of us, especially not me. So I wanted to just circle back to my personal experience with older generations there, what they had been fed on beauty standards and pretty privilege. And although I don't think they had that word for it, at least for them, I don't think they had that word for it or that term for it. But my mother, even to this day, she's, she's backed up a bit because I've been clapping back a lot of the times now. And so she's backed up a little bit. And I think a lot of our older, the older women in my family have, you know, don't even say nothing to, to Sunny D. She, she's fine. So my mother would always like pull up my shirts because I have like, I'm marking double D's. Like I always have cleavage. I've always had cleavage. She would always pull my shirts up for modesty because you have to be covered up. I've never been, I think the smallest I've ever been was like a seven and I was probably middle school. Like your girl got hips and butts and stomach and boobs and I have all the things I always have. So she would always pull my shirts up. I was like, you need to cover up and blah, blah, blah. And she would do that when I was younger, which... Now that I'm older, it makes sense as I was younger, but even when I was in college and I was grown and I had my own apartment and I wasn't even living in your house anymore, to this day, she would still do that every now and then. And I'm like, ma'am, mine are still up here. Don't be mad at me because yours are not. Calm down, okay? Mine, give me free drinks at Starbucks, okay? I understand what these do. I understand the benefit of them. Let them do what they need to do. I'm fine and I'm confident in this body. And I had the same thing. I look back in high school and see pictures of me in high school where you can clearly see my collarbone and I thought I was fat then and I was so insecure on my figure and all of my roles and the dimps and dimples and all the jiggles the jiggles that I had back then looking back on those now and I'm like you can see my whole collarbone you can't see my collarbone now but I am way more comfortable in this body than I ever was in that one and that just comes with age that comes with loving myself that comes with understanding what privilege I have even as a full-figured super chocolate fully natural curly haired grown ass woman. I walk in all of that strength. I understand what that is now. I didn't then. I understand what that is now and I understand how it benefits me and how I can use it to help benefit other people. But I think that comes with age. Like that's not something that is easy to come to when you grew up being like, dang, you didn't got big when you see your relatives for Christmas or for Easter or for whatever. Dang girl, you didn't got big. Why do you stop? Stop saying that shit to the young women in your families. Stop it. Because it's ridiculous, it is harmful, and it is traumatic. And now they have to talk to their therapist about it. And you wonder why they don't come talk to you during the holidays or why they don't show up to the barbecues because they don't want to be around you. Oh, let me just jump in with my favorite Southern pettiness comment. When they say, oh, look, you finally lost your baby weight and you a whole teenager. Yeah, that pisses me off because that's that stems body image issues. That is what stems it is that, oh, you lost your baby weight from damn, I'm a teenager or you getting big. Am I supposed to stay the same size since I'm a teenager? Like I'm supposed to get bigger. Like I don't understand. I'm eating good. That means I got more money coming in. I got better food on the table. I'm not eating ramen noodles. I'm not struggling no more. Like (laughs) I was just going to say real quick. I just wanted to touch on when you were speaking about the whole colorism thing. And I was just going to say as a person, I recognize like my whole life I've been told, oh, you look like you're mixed. You're so, you know, what are you mixed with? I'm like black and black because I don't play into that. You know what I'm saying? Black and black because I recognize light skin privilege and how some people are out here thinking that just because they're a couple of shades lighter, got the curly hair, that they're somehow better. And it's like, no, you just as ugly and dark inside as you want to be. And it's like, we have to stop. We have so much going on as a black race. We need to unify because as we all know, everything is going on in this world. And I'm like, while we're fighting over stupid stuff, like shade difference, they out here 
you're making a real impact on our lives. And it's like those of us that do have this privilege, stop playing into it because, you know, I mean, me, my brother and my sister come from the same mama and daddies and just a couple of shades. And it's just like, let's stop the stupidness because none of that matters, you know. So I just wanted to touch on that, that that is so real and such a, a problem in our community. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, Kim has gotten all y'all together. She has told you, get your shit together. Do not come for her. Do not come for her family because she black on black on black on black on black. And with that, we are going to transition into Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting... So today we are highlighting Right, Wrong, or Indifferent, one of our first examples probably of beauty, pretty, and all that encompasses. We are highlighting Ebony Magazine. Since 1945, Ebony Magazine has shined a spotlight on the worlds of Black people in America and worldwide. Our com- Their commitment to showcasing the best and brightest, as well as highlighting disparities in Black life has been and will always be cornerstone to Ebony. Y'all, this magazine I remember it being in my house growing up from the first time I could have memories. Like you always saw the big cover with Ebony and the bold letters. That's where all the who's who in the Black community was. That's where you got, you know, them lion perm just for me ads and the dark and lovelies. That's where you saw all of the beautiful melanated people in the bikinis. That's where you saw the who's who. Like I said, that was just my first instance of Black luxury, Black beauty, Black excellence. So once again, am I a unicorn? Was this only my childhood or do y'all still have fond memories of Ebony Magazine? Ebony and Jess from my childhood. I agree. Like, I I mean, I want to say, and y'all probably think of me as a hoarder, but I like, so I have saved some of those like early, early on Ebony and Jet ones so that hopefully I can make some money off them down the road. I'm not mad at that. I definitely was thinking I probably should have took some of my grandmother's magazines that she would have because she used to have a little basket. It was a tiny little like basket in the bathroom because that's when back when people went. This is before, obviously, before we all had cell phones to just sit there and scroll while we did whatever we do on the toilet. People read magazines, full page magazines. She had a little basket in the bathroom that had like the ebony. It had, of course, it had jet. We always had jet. But we had, she had several of the Ebony magazines that were there. And I just remember going through and seeing like pictures of all these beautiful Black women and these handsome Black men and even reading some of the articles. I haven't read it in a while. I'm pretty sure Ebony is still a thing, but I know a lot more publications now are, are online. Like they have digital versions of their like magazine. I don't know if they print them out so much anymore. Usually I only see tabloids at the grocery store, which we all know is trash. But I remember sitting and reading, like I would read actual articles of like business women and different celebrities that I liked growing up and different celebrities that my grandmother liked growing up. And I really enjoyed just flipping through it and seeing just a lot of melanation, just all the blackness, all the things that we could relate to, all the people that we looked up to or admired or found some sort of connection with. That was definitely probably one of the first 
magazines that I think we even had at the house that wasn't like something house related. Like I love me some home and garden, but I'm old. So there's that. When we were actually celebrated. Yes, exactly. Yes. So Sunny D, you are correct. As of right now, Ebony Magazine is currently digital only. And the CEO is a Black woman. Her name is Eden Bridgman Skinner. I'm sorry, um, Miss Eden, I'm mispronouncing your name. And not only is she the CEO and owner of Ebony, she's also the CEO, CEO and owner of Jet Magazine because she is the CEO and owner of both of their parent company, which is 1145 Holdings, LLC. And ooh, she is was born in LA, but she grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. I, I, I. I um, love this because I remember as a kid, my grandmother also had like a million Ebony and Jet magazines and me being the person I am would always take them out because they would be so disorganized. And I would like make a circle and keep like them cute and like be very presentable. And um, what I really remember is that actually seeing them and be like, hey, we're on magazines and having that thought of like, dang, we're awesome. Like if she can be on a magazine, I can too. Right. And I think like Ebony, we just really want to give you your flowers because you pioneered the way like you, Jet Essence, have pioneered the way for us to be on magazines, to have our own, like something just for us in our culture to, hey, I got to take a poop. Let me get this new Ebony. Go ahead and read this Ebony. My legs may be numb, but I'm going to get through this magazine. <laughs> And so I just want to say thank you for that. And thank you for this moment, uh, moments of melanation. And we are going to transition. Y'all know we end every single episode with an affirmation. Today, we are lucky and the vibe killers. We have Kim and Ash are going to end our episode with an affirmation. Well, I will just end with what I say to myself from the good sis Beyonce from one of her songs. Basically, when she says, I'm one of one, I'm number one, I'm the only one, don't even waste your time trying to compete with me don't do it no one else in this world can think like me and I just say that to myself sometimes like I am me but don't even try it you know and that's what I just you know hum to myself sometimes and with that that's it that's all go ahead and play that song I feel like that is alien superstar okay <laughs> go ahead and play that song I'll jam it jam it because Kim ended it on a nice note and with that we want to say thank you thank you thank you ladies thank you for joining us us, having this amazing discussion. I feel like we could go keep going and going and going, but you know, time is of essence. But audience, you never know. It may be a part two. Do, do, do. You never know. So guys, you know, we come up with all of the content, but this is y'all's podcast too, at, to some extent. So please, if you have any other topics that you want us to delve more into, any topics you want to hear our takes on, because you know, we keep it popping hot over here. Email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or hit up that little drop box on our website at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Once again, you can email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or drop us a little comment, a little note, a little suggestion at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Thank you, Nate. So y'all can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon, Google Podcasts. Check us out every single Wednesday. You get a new episode that's dropped. You can check out the blog for all Nate says at whereismyblueprintpod.com. It's whereismyblueprintpod.com. And before we head out, we are going to let Kim let you know where to find them on the Vibe Killer Podcast. Um, You can find us on Apple 
Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify as well. We do have an Instagram, but uh, right now it's a little sparse. So we'll get back on it. And um, we usually try to drop. I mean, we just drop anytime we drop. So just when you see an updated notification on Apple and Spotify, that's where we are mostly. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Check out theirs. Check out ours. Because as we know, there is more than enough in this world for all of us to succeed and be great and do our thing because they talk about pop culture and what the hell is going on and why this stuff is killing our Bob. And we talk about adulting. And if you think about it, that's how we did a beautiful mashup because Pretty Privilege is both a Bob killer, but also a part of adulting. And with that, we are over and out. Bye. Peace out.